0: Hello and welcome to episode three of season number two of dissecting lyrics for swell jams, with a new guest, but an old guest, <laughs> recording on a Sunday no less, on the Sabbath, uh, due to logistical problems. But before I continue, let me just welcome Lucas Galley Greenwood. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> that was a rapturous applause. That was crowd noise, it.
1: but <laughs> that was done by me. So. So, so
0: okay. Well, good uh, artificial noise you created there. <laughs> we've really got a we've created an atmosphere now. So, the uh, the audience are uh, wrapped around our fingers. As
1: you could overdub like the crowd noise, that'd also be fun. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay, great, I I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely going to do that. Edited by post.
0: But thanks for joining us. I mean, you're. Your appearance in last season's podcast was met with universal praise. There was not one bit of negative feedback uh, about you. Oh, wow. Uh, but to tell you the truth, if there was negative feedback, I probably wouldn't have told you because that became <laughs> a rude thing to do. But yeah, I don't know how much. I can food tell food you, did. at least honestly, that you, you were uh, one of the favourites. Well, oh, so, thanks. Man. Big shoes to fill. My own shoes to fill. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but we're, before we get into filling those shoes, uh, we've got some hip hop news to talk about. Uh, the first piece being, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, Drake was performing at uh, in Chicago, uh, a midwest city, if you've been there. Uh, the Windy City. Chi-town. Uh, Chi-town to chi because of its <laughs> prevalent gun use. Um, but he took uh, a not-so-subliminal jab at Kanye at a recent performance there. Um, obviously, Chicago being Kanye's hometown. Uh, I know you know that, but sometimes our guests aren't as up to speed as you are. <laughs> Um, so during the song "Know Yourself," which is a total banger, you're no, a fan of like that song. Wait, what's that off? That really slow one. I mean, no, I've that. One. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah if you don't get yeah, off yeah, that, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure. But so, and he he basically says in, in he he, re- he changes one of the words in the lyrics. In the original lyrics, then incarnate uh, dropped. It with polos and backpacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually said in this one, they kind of flopped. It was bolos and backpacks, uh, polos and backpacks, um, referencing his comparatively poorer album sales. In the first week, Kanye only sold 2,200 and 8,000 copies right. compared to Drake's Mammoth, uh, 732,000. The reason for this sort of rumbling in the jungle, as it were, <laughs> uh, is because apparently, and I, again, i it's second hand information it's all rumour um, but apparently it was Kanye that told Pusha about uh, Drake's secret love child which obviously oh. fuelled story I've added on that earth shattering well beating this song that was met with pure silence Drake said but Drake has more of a to protect but maybe we can talk about that in the, a bit later but yeah, sure. Drake probably wasn't too happy with that but I guess Drake's done well in, in a commercial sense he's absolutely Taken Kanye to the cleaners there, uh, quadruple his album sales. So uh, hopefully that doesn't get too ugly because those two are two two forces for good in the hip hop world, I'd say. Uh, second piece of news: I wasn't too keen on this. I've got to say, uh, well, not this part. This is a great part. Uh, two Chains uh, got married this weekend. Oh, nice. To his yeah, to his um, to his baby mama, three kids, they had together. <laughs> And the they, success in the Mr. and Mrs. Chains <laughs> yeah, Exactly And they had a rather uh, Lavish uh, Wedding in Miami um, They hosted at The, the uh, Gianna Versace Mansion Versace Mansion In uh, well, Miami for, for, for the Princely sum of $300,000 For the <laughs> night But Well this was I mean I, he was It was obviously A time to celebrate And a cause of celebration But They brought in a, They imported a white tiger For the main event and uh, they brought in a cage it's like I hate it when rich people need to do these extravagant things and bring in exotic creatures um, you know it's like uh, Escobar had his pet, uh, he had an entire zoo to himself oh, yeah. and they uh, I think he had hippos that broke loose and apparently they, they 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 were never caught uh, and apparently there are now these wild hippos living <laughs> in where his house used to be because they uh, mated um, but <laughs> uh, I, I feel I feel bad for this poor tiger. God knows where it was taken from or taken to after but, that. Part. But there's so many examples of it. It's like when... Um... Akon did something similar, didn't he? Well, yeah. he had a pet tiger, I think. Did he? Yeah. But there's also the one... Um... They just keep
1: it in a cage or something. Yeah. But Bieber got his monkey taken off him in Germany. Oh, he travelled with it? I think he did, yeah, but he didn't... I think it got taken into quarantine. I think he just left it behind. I mean, this, could, oh be, this could be wrong. I haven't seen the story in ages, but I distinctly remember a story about Justin Bieber, a monkey, and Germany. What one? Okay.
0: So, three parts to that story. Hopefully, we String it together. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand. I mean, what's wrong with a the dog? <laughs> they just have to be different in some way or another. But anyway, I'm going to move on from that piece of news some, some really good news. Uh, Kodak Black was released from prison yesterday. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of his music. I was going to say that's an, that's an interesting time. Well, I, I'm saying from a purely humanitarian perspective. I'm not saying okay. from, from a musical sense, it's probably bad news <laughs> as <laughs> right. far as I'm concerned. But I know there are some people like Freddie, who's obviously a big fan of the new wave. So for people like them, this must be really good news. But I just feel like there's enough of the, there's a, there's a big enough incarceration of uh, young black people in America. So it's good to, good to have one out. And inter- <laughs> interestingly, interestingly, he he changed his name from Juice and Octave to Bill K Capri, but while he's incarcerated, he got his high school diploma. So yeah, another round of applause. I'm uh, I'm I'm glad he he used his time in prison productively. Uh, so let's hope he uh, has this. Well, he continues in the the same vein that he started in prison. Uh, final piece of news: It's not strictly hip hop, but I felt irrespective irrespective, it needed addressing. Um, the, the world became a little bit quieter on Thursday when they lost uh, a beautiful voice in person by the name of Aretha Fankman. Uh Yeah, rest in peace, because that is a, a source or loss to the musical and, uh, well, cultural world, uh, whatever that means. But um, rest in peace. Uh, I heard she, was a, she had a tough few days towards the end, but she will forever live on in her music.
1: I think the saddest thing about that was there were conflicting stories coming out. Like I saw, I mean, this could just my Twitter being very stupid, but I saw somebody tweet that, literally, like quite literally the day before she died, that she was laughing
0: and smiling and in conversation. Oh God! And then day after the news broke, so that. But then, some, I mean, sometimes you do get these random bursts, and then these random. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it could have been true, but you yeah, gotta be careful. You're you're quite a prolific Twitter user, aren't you? I do enjoy it, yeah. I've got a. I've got to master it. There's a bit of a problem with fake news travelling on it, from what I've heard. I mean, that's on all platforms, but... I've heard on Twitter, something like, and again, this is fake news in itself, but <laughs> it's they, they did a study, it's something like four to eight times more likely that fake news is going to spread as opposed to actual news. But I um, think the, da- well, the danger of that is, I think, that Twitter is
1: largely used... I mean, because the amount of users on Twitter has died out a lot recently. Like, it's that's actual... That. Well, I, once again, I don't know this for a fact, so this is also potentially fake news. We're not a very reputable pod at the <laughs> end, um, But I've... Because obviously there's been so many stories about the lack of people now engaging with Facebook and stuff like that, mm. and I think Twitter's been that way for a longer period of time, but I think that's also because people view it as quite a harsh medium to get involved in, in the yeah. sense that people find it difficult to apply an opinion to most things at the best of times in, like, a written context. Yeah. So the majority, well, without trying to condescend anyone, but by that ideal, I think a lot of people view Twitter as a platform for publications and journalists and stuff like that. I hope so. But in that same sense, once somebody realises they've got a voice, they just use it. Yeah. So yeah. any idiot can
0: just post something for the hell of it and mm. not um, really considerate yeah I mean sometimes you, often I've just kind of felt oh, I haven't tweeted in a few days so I've kind of felt an <laughs> obligation to tweet even though it's completely meaningless yeah, people, yeah of but, but anyway that's the general topic all wrapped up <laughs> That's this fun uh, no that was obviously a joke listeners relax um, but that's what we're going to move on to now So Lucas, you've picked something controversial <laughs> I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> talk me through give me the uh, intro to what you've you've chosen today so the topic I 've chosen to discuss
1: is the idea of separating music from the person or the artist and everything to do with that and whether that is possible or and the consequences of if it is possible or if it just plain isn't. Right. So this was, I suppose, inspired by, I think, two weeks or so ago, I was just in the office doing a bit of work, and I ended up getting into a conversation with two female colleagues of mine about Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. And I just realised that I've never been a massive fan of Chris Brown, but two of his like, biggest singles, like actually at polar opposite ends of his career... Just really do happen to be two of my favourite songs, which I feel like is a very bad opinion. Right. Well, firstly,
0: talk us through what's
1: what's Chris Brown's <coughs> history. He's well, had a, quite a checkered past, hasn't he? I mean, generally speaking, I'm gonna like preface my opinion by saying he obviously is a bad bloke. Right. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> That's a fair point. Getting that out of the way before I get all the, before I get on the hate or online. Yeah. Like can we, can which we will be, inevitably come. Can we please be gentle, guys? Like, they, they these listeners they spew a lot of bile. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Twitter fingers yeah. are yeah. <laughs> Um I mean, obviously, there's the case that, like, is like obviously peak of everybody's well, imagination when they think of Chris Brown, which is his abuse mm. and violent treatment of Rihanna. And I think, if I'm wrong, he's even got a tattoo of it on his neck or something like that of his abusing Rihanna. He's or, got or, a Rihanna. Is I, once again could, I I feel this is the case. Right. I mean, like, yeah, please let this up. So I'm not actually yeah, stupid, probably. but I think it's like a tattoo. Of her bruised face on his neck, or something Easy. like that. I remember this coming up a few years ago, but I'm not sure if it's been confirmed
0: or if that. Oh God! Well, looking at the photos, listeners, uh, it pretty conclusive. It looks pretty. I mean, it's certainly not Rihanna's face in its finest form. So right. Yeah, it's it's half half sort of dishevelled. Although that could be some kind of artwork. I don't know. I yeah. mean, look for yourself, listeners. But that's
1: it. But there we go. That like that is the issue. Like. It is well known that he's a bad dude. He's done a hell of a lot of stuff that is, like, you can't back it up in any way. There's no excusing it. But on the other side of things, he's got a great voice. He is an incredible dancer. And I... So the two songs, for context, are, like, at the opposite end of his career, Run It, Find China. And I remember that came out in, like, I think, first year of uni for me. And that, like, there's a video of him dancing to it and it like it's just like it's, it's, just a, it's a very good dancer as well. It's just such a good song, but mm. it's just that thing of when you're like when you like a couple songs from an artist like that, knowing information about them that they, they that has happened in their past and like has given them a criminal record, for example, or just generally about a bad name online is just general society it does obviously remove from how much you enjoy the songs in a like, very rightful way, right. I believe. Yeah. And so it, it, like, it becomes somewhat of a guilty pleasure, and then I do question... It makes me question whether I should actually like the song in the first place, but can... And so it just made me actually genuinely think, can I remove... Like, can you remove music that somebody makes from the person that they are? And I feel like there's so many artists... Like, you can go back decades to discuss this kind of stuff, but like, especially recently, funnily enough, with people like Kodak Black,
0: because
1: I, I wasn't sure if you were going to bring that up, up as a bit of hip hop news because I was going to say they've been like on so the, for his uh, abusive his abusive past I mean he was like what was it I was reading earlier because like, he was imprisoned for child neglect possession of a weapon and other stuff and he's previously been accused of rape and sexual battery yeah but online like you go on Twitter you go on Facebook and it's just hashtag free Kodak everywhere and it's like I don't know I've never really listened to
0: him but like, how is It's the exact same thing. But case. it seems to be... It's a growing trend with a lot of young rappers. I mean, XXX, right. Tentacion before, Another, he, yeah, yeah. before he died, he was... Uh, he abused his pregnant girlfriend. Like, he beat yeah. her up. Um, so, I mean, there was a lot of... I mean, with, the, with his death, there was a lot of sadness, and he had people describe his personal demons, but yeah, yeah. to some extent, it was almost like he was being martyred. And I saw, a, I saw a, uh, an interesting article quite recently, because mm. Nicki Minaj has also come under some heat, because she featured an artist... Uh, who was who had sex with a 13-year-old, so a minor. Okay, okay. Um, and there are a lot of pieces coming out at the moment about how there's this business normalisation right. of predatory, be- predatory behaviour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her brother's also uh, dumped... He's been caught, uh, I think. It's a, it's, a, it's a problem particularly personal to her because her brother was also... Charged for having uh, for sexual abuse or something like mm. that. So I don't know. Do you think it's been an increasing trend in in music at the moment, or specifically hip hop, mm. that this is happening, or do you think there's just an increasing awareness of it? Well, I think that's difficulty of it. It's difficult to judge. But my,
1: I'm kind of beating around your question. I'm not entirely sure because I think generally speaking, because now you're having so many incidents of. Say assault, and you can only look at, well, sexual assault, and say people using their like celebrity status to give terrible opinions, well, to basically terrible opinions on stuff. Mm. You then also have this kind of movement against that of people then saying, well, people make mistakes and they learn from it, and also people like have a right to their own opinion, and like just upon those two examples, but examples even. But the difficulty that I find is the way in which you have certain people online and you have certain publications and stuff like that who will be angry at one thing and give a kind of terrible, not terrible opinion, but like a really kind of like bad rep for an artist who says like one thing stupid about one Mm -hmm. type of issue but then completely change, like change tacks on another. Like I feel. One personality recently that that who's been kind of criminal for that is um, Takashi Six Nine. Right. So so he has a history of like this happened a few years ago, but he was he I think he's now nineteen twenty something like that, but he's looking at a few, look, like looking at possibly a few years in prison for the use of children in a sexual performance, like. So essentially, in a, in a music video. I don't know if it's a music video, but I just like. Not that it would make a huge amount yeah, of money. Exactly. But essentially, essentially pedophilia, right. on, along one line or another. But he's. Every song that he's released has broken into the Hot 100. And his album that he released this year, I think the highest it ranked was at 4. And he's having a lot of, like, photos, a lot of interviews with quite high profile people. And it's. There seems to be kind of that difficulty of how do you discuss a figure like him when his music is so popular and it's and he's broken out in such a big way this year, but he literally looks like a walking weird clown <laughs> right. with like his like. His but there are a lot of them thing. are.
0: I mean, they're, they're, a lot of them are. All so the soundcloud like the are, scene. Yeah, I don't. Course. I don't want to make a sweeping statement there, but look at Tentacion and Young Thug and uh, Lil, Lil Yoddy and all yeah. that. They are trying to. It, just putting like all these garish colours in there and looking a bit. I mean, but that—that's
1: the thing. Without trying to sound like two dads in a room talking about the youth of today. Not yet. Like, do, like, do what you want with your face and do what you want with your yeah. hair, as long as it's not like actively offensive to a hell of a lot. Of yeah. People. Although that is that. <laughs> there's that one rapper. I don't know his name. He's got Anne Frank tattoos on his cheek. Jesus, for what? I, to I, what end? I, I don't know. I've got absolutely no idea. But it's one of those
0: pictures that you see online. Just going. Guy I spoke about on a. And last season, gunplay, he's got a swastika on right. his right. chest right. or something like that. And his his whole shtick was that it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm shining up a mirror to society, this right. is how you treat people. Like, yeah. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch, but,
1: but I mean it's but this I think it's <laughs> just the general issue is just like is people picking and choosing what they will stand for and what they won't stand for and which the um, stuff that they will be opposed to and stuff they'll just, like, turn a blind eye to. And it definitely depends on, like, the artist and how much you find it interesting. Like, mm. the way that a hell of a lot of the online community actively, say, refuse to listen to Ye, on the basis that it came out a few weeks after Kanye backing Trump and the photo of mm. Kanye wearing the Make America Great Again hat. Yeah, Which is, like, fair enough, that's your opinion. Like, you don't need to listen to that album. But one then they're the same ones that are still listening to... The- well, I mean, I don't know the exact people, but, yeah, of then, course. You, but then I just feel like if you're, if but you're your going... But your point to, is there's a
0: disparity yeah, in, exactly. in, in, in what people listen to. It's, it's selective in terms of what they'd like. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's selective. But things, then, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but then at the same time, obviously, there's a difference in somebody
1: having, say, a potentially bad opinion on a president that obviously like does not represent a large community of the country, which is obviously the black community, and mis and has mistreated them awfully with a lot of say laws that have been discussed and a lot of, mm. like I don't know the exact terminology that I'm going for here, but like I think it's very much established that the black community are not the biggest fans of Trump by any yeah. stretch. And there's a very big difference between an opinion on a politician and actually committing a crime yeah. Yeah, like no, you great. see Chris Brown or Tech or Takashi Six Nine doing. But either way, I think it is just that type of thing where, like, if you, I I just don't know where I just don't know where the actual line is like where the actual line comes
0: as to what you can. Well, so okay, well let's let's talk about you then. Right. Do you still listen to these Chris Brown songs? Where do you stand on those songs? When you play that song, right. do you firstly do you play that song, and when you play it, what's running through your head? I do listen to the songs because I enjoy it, and
1: also. As I mentioned before, there's a video of Chris Brown dancing to Find China, and it is just it's just something that's visually impressive to look at. In the same way, a video that went online I don't know how many years ago is Chris Brown doing a front flip on stage to March Madness by uh, Future, and he lands the front flip just as the beat drops. I've I think I've seen that. Yeah, and it like obviously this is a small snippet of what mm. of what he does, and it's like anybody can do that if it's on luck, but that is like on stage like where there's like I don't know how much you can hear like like my point is mm. he's talented and I will listen to a couple of his songs but there's absolutely no way that I will do so without having an like an like a sense of accountability and ownership for what I am doing which is essentially an awareness that however mild it is be it on apple music or youtube where I'm listening to these songs watching these videos I am essentially allowing him to still be a profitable musician and a profitable artist, which I'm not happy about. But it's something that I feel like because I have an awareness of, and I'm able, to, and I feel like I do, like I want to talk about it, and I want to be able to be like this. And I
0: understand mm. that like this guy's not a good dude, but I, yeah. like well, I I don't think so. I had I had a similar kind of discussion with a friend earlier. Shit, I don't think listening to someone mm-hmm. is an endorsement of their private behavior. Right. Okay. Um, I think that's a key thing. Okay. And I still think, I don't think it'd be contradictory to still listen to his music and raise concern about his actions in the public sphere. Right. I don't, I don't, I, I it could just be signalling or it, it may not make sense, but yeah, I yeah. I still think, I mean, it's interesting though, because there's almost a bit of an Icarus syndrome, because right. there was uh, Robin Thicke, <laughs> who, who obviously, his one song shot him to stardom. He was the biggest name yeah, in the yeah, world yeah. at one point and then all the allegations started pouring out and then yeah. the, i mean all these stories started coming about his mm-hmm. sexual misdemeanors mm-hmm. and he was completely ostracized from the community yeah, yeah. so it's just interesting to see i wonder if if these kind of rappers um in in the, in the new wave band hit the mainstream more and more often yeah. if they're going to succumb to the same kind of thing which is why i'm still surprised chris brown it, he is a mainstream artist yeah. and I don't think his sales have already been dented, to be honest. No. But, I mean, it's, like...
1: But it's the same thing with so many... I feel like the interesting thing... Like, compare, say, music to the film industry at the minute. You have... If you have any actor that... Or, say, even a comedian. So, like... Louis um, C.K. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. or Aziz Ansari. Although, Aziz got backed recently by Netflix again, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. But, like, my, well, the example I was going to give was... You have any actor or someone like that that ends up having a story about them or that comes out from their past, that can just break their career and mm. ruin them. Or it can end up denting a public opinion so much that the roles that they get are going to be heavily impacted. Whereas yeah. I think with the music, with the, in the music world, for some reason, I feel like it's less of the case unless you have such a bad situation, like, say, the guy, I can't remember his name, but from Lost Prophets. I can't remember his name either. You know who I'm talking about? No. So the guy, the lead singer from the Lost Prophets, Welsh guy, is Ian, Wat- Ian Watkins? He got done multiple years ago for paedophilia in a shocking way. Like, right. the entire story, in the nature fits obscene. I think it was, like, I, I don't really want to go into because I don't know the no. actual, kind of, detailed history of it, but like he got done in a big way, he's now in prison, so like that, that was like the band were over, they had to split up, the band all essentially like came out with the story, they had no idea what was going on or they know their knowledge about this. But like he's obviously in prison by it so that's an extreme case. Mm. But there's no way his career is ever coming back. The same with like say like Gary
0: Glitter, for example, right. years ago. But then okay, so what about this? What about R. Kelly? Well yeah, that's the big, that's the biggest example at the minute. Yeah and yeah he's there's been a there's a movement yeah, there's protests, but people are still, in spite of the overwhelm. I mean, it's nothing proven. It must be. It must be um, stated, set forward. Stated, yeah, yeah. but it, the the allegations are so overwhelming, and the evidence is so overwhelming. Yeah, that yeah. he is running something very suspicious, and I just don't understand how people can still go to those performances where it's such a sexual performance as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how he can get away with still selling out gigs. But do you think that he should still? So I think, I can't remember if we spoke about this
1: in the last episode of the pod that I was on, or you you definitely spoke about this on one episode, his music being taken off Spotify and I don't know if it's yeah. been taken back. Do you agree,
0: do you agree with that? Mm, no. Uh, I mean, so I'm, I'm always, I've always had the view that uh, they're a private company that can do what they want. Right. If they want to take down, they can. I'm right. uncomfortable with the idea of investing so much power in the hands of, you know, an unelected yeah, yeah. Uh, elite <laughs> in San Francisco. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I also think that it's up to the, it's up to the voter in really? that sense sure. to fight with their feet. And if they don't want to listen to his music, they don't want to listen to his I don't think it's Spotify's right to take that power away from people. Sure. Um, but like I said, they're not the government they can do it if they want. I just think on the basis of things like hate speech, it's very hazy, mm-hmm. amorphous language and it opens up yeah, yeah, a yeah. very dangerous, uh, it, it's a slippery slope, isn't yeah. it? And then you can, and then what happened is they started quote mining all these other people mm-hmm. And you know you can get back to people like Dr. Dre yeah, who's yeah. also done this kind of thing. It, it becomes very hard to uh, patrol and to demarcate and to define what's actually wrong, yeah. um, and to monitor, I guess.
1: Well, that's the thing. I just think it's. Originally, thinking about this conversation, I or I can I wanted to kind of preface it by saying, if we ended up coming up with an answer, then we essentially done a bad job because yeah. there shouldn't there isn't an answer to this. But yeah. like, essentially, it is something that is like so subjective to. Everyone's opinion that I don't feel like mm. like there's nothing direct that can be said, but at the end of the day, it is. I hate that phrase, but it should be down to
0: one. It's one person's own conscience versus another. And exactly. I mean, that's. I think that's. That's. That's the point I was going to conclude on as well. I think at the, at the end of the day, it 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 ends on your using your intuition, how you feel about it, it's not yeah. what other people tell you to do. It's down to your discretion. The only thing, the only what times I'm I'm a little bit concerned is when the they're, they're people listening to their music, they don't know who the person is, or like they they don't they're not aware of right. what that person done in some extreme circumstances. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not it's not the radio producer's duty to say, by the way, this is Chris Brown. He's also uh, <laughs> you know a, a, a serial abuser. I mean, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. that's not his place as well. I mean, I, he's probably just not gonna be good for listenership. So I guess we, yeah, and in an age where people were constantly preaching at each other and virtue signalling. Um, I think that's a very good point, that you just need to trust your own conscience. As trust trust to your own life. conscience,
1: but also be held accountable for what you do. And at least, if you are going to do something like that, be aware of what it means to other people, and be have a degree of understanding, and a degree right. of, kind of, like, be able to speak about it, Right. rather than, like, you listen to a problematic character, do you care? Mm. Oh, no. Okay, good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, t- I take your point. Uh, I mean, that's a good discussion. I mean, Did you have anything else you wanted to say about that? Listeners, let, let us know what you think. We haven't... I mean, can you separate the art from the artist? Uh, we're still undecided. Depends. <laughs> um, uh, I guess you probably would have known that beforehand. But uh, an interesting discussion, nonetheless. Um, but now we have some very important business to take care of. <laughs> um, we built up this guy before but uh, I mean I think at least twice and you should have a jaw every time I th- you mention his name and, uh, I know I think I've mentioned him at almost something like 85% <laughs> I haven't actually done the maths of my episode he comes in at least once but I think people people know what I think about this guy um, so we build him up a lot of times and we're going to keep doing it again and again until Babel's construction is complete <laughs> he is a little man of only one meter 65 which barely 5 foot 5 I didn't know he was that small um, but damn. No, <laughs> <laughs> See <what you> did. <laughs> his, his words, great vistas that are over a hundred feet tall. He is also the first rapper to be a Pulitzer Prize winner for his most recent album, which is "Damn." Um, although that is not the album from whence this song came. That Luke's has chosen. But we'll get to that later. A couple of interesting facts that I just uh, found him out. He's a devout Christian, following the, uh, the death of his friend, and he was baptised in 2013. Really? Hmm. Yeah. And even more interesting, you, you might know this because you're into your basketball, but this shocked me. He's the cousin of Golden State Warrior Nick Young. Is he? Yeah! I was like, Why what? Not? How much talent is running through the blood of that family? Do you see that so often? Well, no, that's for a different conversation, so I like to continue. Oh, <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> no, yeah! Nuts! I guess it's Nick Jan's from LA. But is, he, is he from? Is he from Compton? I suppose it doesn't matter. if They're cousins, but wow! Yeah, I'm glad that got. I, I'm glad that elicited the reaction I was hoping for. Do not know why that's taking me back. That's, that's really interesting. Well, they're also just completely different sizes, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's a foot difference. I mean, foot and a half, Plus, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's Duckworth himself, Kendrick Lamar. Oh
1: Kenny! Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, Kenny. Um, right, Lucas song, what have you chosen
1: and why? So the song I decided to speak about is Black of the Berry and it. The yes. Berry? The, the French hat. <laughs> the, the beret. <laughs> Black Sorry of the Berry. Berry. Good. Right. Very good. So that's established. Um, <laughs> so this is one of, I think it might be the second single of Tabimba Bimba Flow which, he had mixtapes before but he very much views this as his second album to come out, which I find quite interesting in interviews, how he he mentions Section 80, but it's not... I don't think he necessarily views it in the same vein as Good Kid Mad City, which is the album released prior to Spin for Firefly. But I... So when you first started the pod, and I questioned coming on as a guest, I really, really wanted to do this. Mm. And... But then you said, but then you also said that you wanted to kind of expand on like not just to hip hop and so forth. I discussed Frank Ocean originally, right? And then when you first did your Kendrick Lamar episode, I was really, really hoping
0: you weren't going to do this. Right. Well, I'm glad. I mean, you know, what? we had to keep them waiting, Lucas. We had to keep <laughs> them waiting. Um, but yeah, carry on, carry on. Sorry. Oh, um lecture later.
1: But no, I think gen like generally speaking, you often ref- you often make reference to your top five albums, and I make it. I suppose, I don't know why this is so important to me, but I really don't rank like a top five or top ten albums like ever for me personally. Mm. But I, like, this, like, To Butterfly is, like, it's...
0: But it, it is top five or top ten.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I won't confirm it. Lucas, sorry. you're in a plane that's about to crash, and again, <laughs> you're about to transport yourself to a desert island, but you raft can take so many records. Oh,
1: God, no. It
0: surely has to be on there. Oh, uh, God, no. Yeah, all right. Fine. Okay. Right. t happy be coming on. You've got me. Okay, but I mean, so but this so, is your favorite album of of the Kendrick catalog, then. Yeah, definitely. And it. Wow. That's yeah, it, that's an unusual opinion. FYI. Well, the thing. Right.
1: It it comes at a time in his career where he could have done a lot, like, essentially after *Good Kid, M.A.D. City*, he was this rising star of the hip, of hip hop, and he was already being viewed as like, if not the next big thing, definitely like coming like approaching that. Yeah. But section 80 in the mixtapes that he done that had been great and section 80 especially some of my favourite songs in it. Um like ADHD, um Fuck Your ethnicity and stuff like that. But like High Power. Yeah, high power exactly. But on Gookie Kid Mad City it became this it became a project where obviously it was a, obviously it was a high concept piece. But along with the concept of like telling the story about his life and like a young child and like living up in, like growing up in Compton around all like the gang cultural stuff that was that has been going on at the time and is still prolific now. It featured a hell of a lot of very, very high profile artists at the time joining him on the album, including Drake and including Doctor Dre on one of the bonus songs. And it just annoys me so much that Tabimba Butterfly never Like it gets the critical acclaim, it has all the critical acclaim in the world. So, like you only need to look on like... It's more the popular claim hasn't really happened. No, exactly. Like, any... any res- um, Well, I suppose it's a big shout but any respectable, like, critic has to be a butterfly on its own type of pedestal. Like, be it, I don't know, you're... Obviously, your are mm, I'm assuming Pitchfork has it high, and I'm... Like, I know that Anthony Fantano, the needle drop, this is one My of favourite. Them. Always check him out, people. He's fantastic, yeah, but he's also a problematic figure somehow. But he... um is he? Yeah, he is, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember the exact logic. What, in a Me Too sense? No, 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 no. Okay. He, there was a failure piece about him last year that he had to do a response to. A failure piece? Fader. As in oh, the fader. Oh, the, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big story, but I think the fader actually deleted the article. But anyway, it was a big controversy, but sorry, off point. Sorry, yeah. Um, Spin Butterfly is one of four albums in his like massive repertoire of reviews that he's given a 10 to. Right. Um, But it's just like, it's just this album that it, it does so much in, to be fair, a very long period of time. It's, I think it's like an hour and 90 minutes long. It has, like, when you listen to it, it takes out of you, like say any, well, not all good pieces of art and such have to do this to you, but like, you feel like, you feel a sense of exhaustion afterwards, but like, well, potentially this is just me speaking. Um, this is just me speaking, yeah oh, please <laughs> please can you hold my hand James no. <laughs> um but like it's just a masterpiece in every sense of like what that word means like it's in terms of the concept that goes through it in terms of the quality of the songs in terms of the lyricism, in terms of what he does I mean I'm not I don't I'm definitely not the person to give an apt opinion on this, but I'd say in terms of what it does for hip hop culture. I don't think there are many albums like it. And so going back to Why I'm Annoyed, it's very much on a popular basis, as you were saying, completely undervalued. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing a bit of research earlier and the highest ranked song out of the singles and songs from To Bimper Butterfly that, well, the highest ranked single even, that came out was I, which was the first single, which... A lot of actual critics weren't that big a fan of when it came out because of how kind of initially middle of the roady and quite poppy it sounded. Yeah. And that only came out at, I think, 39 at its peak on Billboard. This is compared to Humble, which is his highest ranking song. And then after that, it's just like his highest ranking tracks on Billboard in the Billboard charts are. Humble, his own track, Bad Blood, which he feed, which oh, he's, Taylor a, Swift, he's yeah, a feature yeah. on with Taylor Swift. The second one, DNA, excellent song. Don't Wanna Know, which is the oh, feature yeah. on a Maroon 5 track. Jeez. Next, All The Stars, which is Him and Scissor, which is a good pop song, to be fair. Then Pray For Me, The Weekend, Fucking Problems, which was... He's once again a feature on with okay, Drake and cool. 2 Chains and a Soul ASAP Rockies Rocky's... At, like, basically, all of his top singles mm. are from... Like, it's either features or from his most popular album last year, which is a good album, but I don't think it holds up to the level
0: of Good Kim Mad sitting to the Firefly. But, like, anyway, sorry. That's a bit depressing, to be honest. I didn't realise how many of his songs were just staked on features, whereas in the. In the oh, the highest rankings. ranking, yeah, yeah. That's a real disappointment,
1: but. Because that's the thing, Black the Berry is. That's actually also. I think that's the second highest. I think that's the second highest ranking track. They came off the Pimper Butterfly and the highest that got was 66 on the top on the hot one hundred. Jesus. But like just why I chose to, to why I chose Black of the Berry. It's it's a song where I think firstly, its position on the album, it's quite far down in the track listing. And it's the only real banger on the album. King Kunta, you could kinda of make the argument. But not like a hip hop banger. That's like King Kunta is like very funky and very like it's not like yeah it's like I suppose it was most
0: traditional as well in the sound in terms of oh, yeah, in terms what of, you think a hip hop sounds like that's my point song. yeah yeah
1: but what's interesting actually going out of that from like well going from that the production it's just such an interesting split between like what you'd expect Kendrick to be a part of and what you'd expect Kendrick to do but then the person he also is mid this like to be the butterfly kind of world that he made himself so the actual the drum beat which is just like classic just boom bap that is actually taken from well supposedly It's Your Thing by Cold Grits right which everybody knows that I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mumble it <laughs> but interestingly Kanye has used that on both crack music and power right but it's just this very classic like very classic boom bap beat and like the tone of the song is just so much darker and is like his like his voice is just so much more like empowered and so much more angry and obviously like it fits in typically with like the lyricism and with like what he's speaking about but at the same time it's not just like it's not just him being angry and like losing kind of form like by being angry it's like it's like perfectly guided like Poetry and it's set up. He sets the song up as he does with like all, like so many of his big tracks, in a way where like you don't like you can't miss any beat of the track.
0: Mm. Like it's also the song itself is a radical departure in terms of tone, yeah, yeah The completely. rest of the album is, yeah, yeah. It. it's all going pretty smooth and until so it's sort of bubbling under the surface, and then he sort of erupts in yeah. the song.
1: Well, I think Complexion, which is a song before, is this really smooth track where. Um, rhapsody has got a really killer feature on it, and that's another interesting point. So to kind of go off this album, like, and that, well, sorry, go off this track and actually speak about the album generally. This is an album that is constructed by him. Mm. This isn't one kind of going off the point I made earlier, where he had to bring on Dre potentially, and he had to bring on Dre.
0: Yeah, the only, on I mean, uh, he's, most of the songs aren't featuring. T- I mean, most of the songs are just solo tracks. The only household name he's got on there is Snoop Dogg. And, yeah. he's just ad libbing I mean what yeah. sounds like ad libbing he's not even doing a verse to be honest, so. But that's the thing, it's like it's just the interesting thing with this
1: album that he he ham he was handpicking people. And like Terence Martin's production, specifically on Black of the Berry and other tracks itself, and like he his effect I I've spoken about this in the past and I feel really wanked whenever I say this, but I definitely feel like there is a like We're well past that point. <laughs> yeah, like the hip hop world was changed as a result of this album. Like there were a lot more there was an influx of jazz rap albums after this inspired by this album. And well, very much could be the case anyway, I hope or I hope I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> and also the artists, even though they're not necessarily that mainstream now, that are featured on the album have had a huge rise from this. So you've got people like Thundercat, who's obviously like he's now rising to the point of notoriety and like he'd been around for quite a few years. Like insane basis, ridiculous. Like the same thing with Flying Lotus had notoriety featured on this album and it's only gone up since. Two, but two of the big one, well three of the big ones to me are Bill Al, yeah. who's just got a beautiful voice and he's like, he's he's like he's released a couple albums since. One of them is fantastic. I can't remember the name of it. It was actually the album I think before Twin Butterfly came out or just after. And then you've got Kamasi Washington and Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah, like Kamasi Washington is just is probably one of the greatest saxophonists in the world right now and he runs hugely on this entire album and Rhapsody has that feature that's so well known on Complexion but her album last year is fantastic but like my point being this is like this is something that's been crafted by him and it almost feels like hand shaped like there's a great story I can't remember the exact details of it but apparently Thundercat was just like playing bass just on a seat and he's just playing just playing to himself just for the fun of it just like between recording tracks and he doesn't realize that Kendrick is just standing over him, just arms crossed, just like looming over him, just like watching him play. And then just suddenly, just like when he played a certain bit, just stops him. It was like, no, 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 that, that really. And then gets him, gets records that, and then like. Molds so, what that. So, so what song does that become? I'm not entirely sure. That's I don't know the exact details. Right. I read that somewhere. But sorry, actually getting to Black of the Berry, feel like we've kind of gone through enough stuff in terms of like background, like it's the way that it's built is just so just astutely done in the sense that it's got i feel like it's only a story that Kendrick can can tell because of and i feel like he's made he's kind of made this foundation for himself being this kind of more conscious rapper mm. that he speaks about issues of how like black culture and hip hop culture has been obviously massively appropriated through like the like through white gays and through white people sorry, the white gaze, like, yeah. as in... Sorry, I realise it sounded terrible in my, like, pronunciation of it. Um, and, like, generally speaking, like, society in that way and the way that, obviously, hip-hop culture generally is now such a big industry to, like, so many different kind of factions of society, be it art, be it fashion. It's a rainbow coalition now, isn't it? No, exactly, but, like, throughout the track, it's, like, throughout the track, it's just, it's, um, like... He just bat. He just batters off so many just heavy duty bars that like, if if you're like if you're not somebody that is necessarily that per, like poetically inclined or whatever, you don't have to be to get the like the metaphors that he's discussing and like does that even the stuff that is so like out there, like in the part of the track that that I decided to play, it's like it's just this it's just this incredible verse that I think is I keep saying one of my favorites. Like I keep I keep using that phrase, everything's probably one of my favorites at this point. But like this verse just has to be one of the best to come out in the past ten years.
0: It's funny how Zulu and Dosa might go to war. Two tribal armies that wanna build and destroy. Remind me of these copy crib kings that live next door. With my rules, only death settled the score. So, no matter how much I say, I like to preach with the Panthers or tell Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers or try to celebrate February like it's my B day or eat watermelon chicken and Kool Aid on weekdays or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements or watch BET because urban support is important. So, why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street when Gang Bank and make me kill a blacker than me? Hypocrite.
1: So his just general discussion and his like his awareness and context to uh, both a greater black history and his own part in his own kind of whereabouts and his own neighborhood and his own like living is just like it's he does it in this verse in such like important way and a way that's actually been criticized, which I find fascinating for like for fair enough reasons and it's just generally misunderstanding but so the opening line from us, from the bit that we just played it's funny how Zulu and Zosa might go to war two tribal armies that want to build and destroy remind me of those Comtes and crypt gangs that live next door be from a pyro's only death sell the score. So comparing like the nature of obviously the South African the, well the South African Zulus and Zosas and comparing that to the nature of gang violence and Compton, where he's from and just like his understanding of that and his like Comparison giving grace to kind of putting me on the bones of an argument that mm. people struggle to discuss, and then moving on from that. So don't know. Sorry. So don't matter how much I say I like to preach to the Panthers or tell Georgia State, Marcus Garvey got all the answers. Just referencing, referencing such a kind of obviously outright bold. Yeah bold group in the Black Panthers, everybody knows about it, everybody studies civil rights at like at GCSE history or something like that.
0: A notoriously militant
1: civil rights group. Yeah exactly. But then moving on to discussing Marcus Garvey, who I don't think everybody might know about, mm. who is a socio economic and political leader that led a movement in the twentieth century and preached about like pan Africanism and like rebuilding infrastructure basically to help like overcome social inequalities in the Americas and like the Caribbean, but the other interesting thing about it is like he referenced he references Georgia State as a university that actually runs a course on Kanye West and also integrated Good Kid, Mad City into the curriculum within the school. Really? So just like well, so the, the the course title is Kanye West. I don't know the exact. I don't know that per se, but like it has a course on Kanye West. Right. Like just as a point. So he's like, he's put like putting Georgia State and Marcus Garvey in the same place. Like within two mm-hmm. lines, I'm like, mentioning like the Black Panthers. And then he just rattles off these next lines that are just so obvious. And he's like, at this point, the production is basically cut out. So it's just this eerie guitar in the background, like drums have cut. Yeah. Like all at most, you kind of think here is just a low key bass. And just Kendrick just rattling off
0: Yeah, it's or 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 five just,
1: times. It just it just hits you and it's like I, it doesn't matter who you are, like this is just like it's just impact just on every level. So or try to celebrate February like it's my birth my B Day even. So February or obviously famously Black History Month in the US. Or eat watermelon, chicken and Kool Aid on weekdays. So like the, stereotypes. Like right? stereotypes. Or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements, or watch BET because urban support is important. Like, just li- just listing off all the things that might make, that might be typified as your stereotypical black frig in the US. But the last two lines of the song, like these these,
0: these drew a lot of controversy. By the way, but we'll talk about it after.
1: So, so why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street? when gang banging make me make me kill a I'm not going to say it an M word <laughs> blacker than blacker me
0: blacker than me hypocrite so do you want to speak about the controversy? well I mean uh, very, very briefly there was a there was a big misunderstanding as far as they thought when they were taught when he said this they thought uh, Kendrick's now that he's out out the sunken place he's uh, <laughs> judging uh, black violence and black community in, in a in a Particularly condescending way, saying, Well, this is black people's fault for killing each other, black and black, right? Yeah, exactly, and which is a big problem. But uh, in in an interview, he did clear it up and he said something to the the tune of, uh, It was actually myself that I was talking about, and how um, he didn't do anything to sort of dissuade or disrupt this in any any shape or form. That was my understanding, anyway. Well, that's no, that's that's the beauty of it, but like he so, that's the last line, he ends,
1: so the last word. Before the song trails out in this incredible um in the incredible outro done by Terence Martin like the jazz outro the last light the last word is him shouting hypocrite that's I think the third time that he says hypocrite in the song mm. and every time like it makes this is the point like that I just think is just incredible about Kendrick like he will set up this song by saying hypocrite three times before prying the song, so he says it. Right, yeah, so he says it once in the first verse. He begins it he begins every verse by saying it. So by the last time the last time that yeah, so he says it three times prior to this, just like grand ending. Mm. And every time in the verse, he's prefaced it by basically just adding to this story, but not telling you why he's a hypocrite. So every uh, every verse, I'm the biggest hypocrite of two thousand fifteen. Followed by a line so first line, once I finish this, witnesses will convey just what I mean. Second verse, once I finish this, when it says will convey just what I mean. I mean it's evident evident that I'm irrelevant to society and just goes on. Third verse, I'm the big civic crew of two thousand fifteen, when I finish this, if you listen then I'm sure you will agree. And it's his like it's just his own kind of understanding that in this track he can give which is very much like a black empowerment track and a very much yeah. like a track where he criticises heavily white culture and like the establishment and how I mean you can like there are numerous lines you can pull from it, but say like, um, you never liked us anyway, fuck your friendship, I meant it. I'm African American, comma, I'm African. So essentially removing the American part from like speaking back to like the heritage of black culture, pardon my residence, like speaking about the idea of like being this kind of figure in, like, society, then, like, continues through the first verse, came from the bottom of mankind. I mean, that's the kind of referential thing in the sense that, obviously, like, through history it's been possibly been noted that humanity came from Africa. Yeah, yeah. And then my, my hair is nappy, my dick is big... My nose is round and wide. You hate me, don't you? Like speaking directly to like the white stereotypes of black people as well. But yeah, so he basically he does this in every verse, and like every verse does it better than the other. But then he drops the bomb by questioning what the question, questioning his place in like in black culture and in like once again just to repeat the line. So why did I wait when Trayvon Martin was in the street when gangbanging made me kill it blacker than me like going back to just like flipping it so mm. he's criticizing himself and he's criticizing where he's come from and he's critic- and he's well he's criticizing and not even criticizing he's just aware of his own past and I don't know if this is the same interview that you're speaking about that you reference but um so I think this is just after the album came out this is done with Rob Markman on MTV and he's speaking about flipping the verse and he's speaking about those two lines at the end. And the quote that I got was, know who I am first, understand where I come from before you make any remarks. Because I've been through a lot and I've seen a lot. Where I come from, I've done a lot to tear down my own community. For you to not recognise that and see 100% flip. Mm. So it's like, I, this is why I feel like only Kendrick could do like what he does in this song in terms of like, Like, have all these, like, black empowerment lines and, like, create this song, which is, like, essentially an anthem. And it's, like, the second single from the album, the only real hardcore hip-hop banger on the album. But still, there's this... It's not even an an undertone. It's, like, an obvious call to him, his own criticism and his own self-awareness. And it's, like... I don't know, just that that in particular, I feel like... Because he's he's so common... He does that a lot in terms of just flipping a track. like The the one that came to mind after that was, um, well, in terms of another track that does it, is Duckworth, the last song on Damn, mm. where the entire story... Which was his middle name. Yeah. But it's the entire story is about this guy called Anthony who is infamous in the area and he's part of a gang. And he goes into a chicken shop and gets chicken from... The other character Ducky, right. So it then basically Anthony is like a big hitting figure in the community and very much involved in gang violence. And, and and Ducky realizes this. So to avoid getting involved in that and to possibly probably avoid getting killed, he gives Anthony more chicken than he should. Just when he's kind of when mm. Anthony comes in, it's the the story is flipped in literally the last couple lines. By him saying, because if Anthony called Ducky, top dog, could be serving life. Well, I grew up without a father and a gu- and die in a gunfight. So Anthony, top dog, Tiffith, his TD. the founder of TDE, yeah. and Ducky, Duckworth, being the father of Kendrick Lamar. Right. So the entire, like, the entire story seems yeah. like... Yeah. Retrospective as well, yeah. But it's like, it's, he's just able to do that in just like such a succinct yeah. way at the end of his heart. But um, but I don't know. Just going to some of the more subtle elements of like Black of the Berry that like I just didn't get originally. Just after but, like, going into more research, it's like it's just fundamentally like the way the song is constructed is just so interesting. Yeah, like, I mean you learn new things each time you just really listen to it. Yeah, but like but it's also the stuff that like if you don't have such a kind of if your ear isn't so good for say like I don't know. So, okay, prime example understanding like the Pattar accent, you wouldn't get the hook which is done by Assassin and you only like when you look at the lyrics you see like even that is just like like the hook is outstanding and the hook is really well done and like his like voice is so like heavy and it's so like it's got a really nice it has a really nice feel to the track but I feel like the lyrics are completely undermined because so many people just I don't feel like would really necessarily understand it that well like I said they treat me like a slave call me black well you never wait sorry well, we feel a whole heap of pain, Cosby Black. A man, a say, they put me in the chains, Cosby Black. Imagine now, big gold chains full of rocks. How you see, how you know, see the whip. Left scars, pull me back. But now we have a big whip, park on the block. All them say we doing from the start, Cosby Black. Remember this, every race start from the block. Just remember that. Mm. Like, the amount, like, even the poetry and that, and, like, the, like, the double entendres, like... Every race start from the block. Just remember that. Obviously, yeah. where the races start, the block. What are the majority of track athletes currently, at least, say in the hundred meter races? Mm. Majority is like a heavily black dominated sport, and stuff like that. Like the the double usage of whip referring to times of slavery and like creating scars on his back, or creating scars on their back on like the well slays backs and then flipping that with how in general society now with rappers and yeah. big time
0: influential black figures now owning like stellar cars. Yeah, I mean importantly the I mean the the hook keeps the momentum of the song going, which mm. is always important because sometimes it can completely break the flow or break the momentum. So yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, a very engaging discussion that I have <laughs> to say. Um, That's thing I feel like there is like. You could talk about this for ages. Well, so, I don't. Know. I mean, you clearly have done your your homework for this. So you know <laughs> your stuff. Um, well, I mean, is there any any final words you'd like to share on the song or upcoming events of your life or <laughs> Ugh. upcoming events of my life? Uh, I've got nothing on that. But oof. I mean,
1: where I mean, to follow? I mean, it's stuff. What,
0: what's what's your handle
1: on Twitter? Uh, where can people send the <laughs> bile, and the abuse? Gally Greenwood, so that is G-A-L-L-E-Y Greenwood, G-R-R, no. How did I forget how to spell my own name? <laughs> God. Well, worry, you can work time. it out, but that's also on a, like, brand synergy basis. That's also my Insta, my, my Insta name, so. Brand synergy, <laughs> fucking hell, you are corporate <laughs> <laughs> But, like, going back to this, like, going back to Black and the Berry, just, like, the album's great, like, if you don't like intense hip-hop albums, like, fair enough, whatever, but, like, there's so much to it in terms of, like... Actually, very good. Listen, like listenable music that isn't too harsh and just outright like it's just very, it's just really informative and like really just important in that way. Like, mm. I, yeah, I could say more, but I would, I'd, dur- I'd be dragging this on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but thanks, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean that was one of the definitely the most informative one we've had so far. I think um, there's just many layers that I was. It's a it's a song that you could write you know, a few dissertations on. Oh, like, there are going to be, like, beyond essays, like, there must be a, like, dissertation on this album now. Mm. have to be. Like, three years down the line? Surely. I'll do some research, and if I find it, well, I'll share it on the Instagram, because I'm sure it'll be able to be condensed into a short slideshow on that. (laughs) Um, But, well, thank you very much for coming on the show once again, Lucas. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. the second time, I'm sure there'll be a third.
1: Oh, here we go. Hopefully, anyway. Do I have to start chasing
0: for this now? No, 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 no. Um, But no, it's always exciting to see what choices you have, so... Well, thank you very much. Um, Appreciate being brought Yeah, well, thank you for being such a good guest. Now that's enough dick-sucking for now, so... (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Thanks for listening. If you've made it through thus far, I should hope you should have. Should have. Should have. You could abbreviate it, I guess. Uh, um, Listeners, it's it's only a Sunday, so you probably won't hear this till the Wednesday, but... (laughs) Have a very good week and uh Yo, I'll, I'll catch you then. I'm in the zone, I'm feeling like none can stop me on the throne. I've never been a carbon copy on my own.
1: Tip for the hecklers that lack heart for checking us. Just leave us alone. I'm feeling good. Today is the day I get all that I